1: I, Charles IV. Oh, is it the third? Bloody We will strive for so un- de- un- de- un- the de-actification of the crow. Let me put pork. it to a Just, just you grow. Grow. Yes, you If you win
2: by one, oh, wow. you've
3: wow. won. The phone went
2: over the side of the phone. It is time to oh, try. I just think everyone should be sure what the fuck is going on. Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast, where each week I ask the question... What the, fuck is going on? what the fuck is going on? The most obvious way to assess the state of Britain is to follow the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. For example, this week, the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds displayed a picture of Rishi Sunak, Therese Coffee, and Michael Gove and underneath wrote, Liars! You said you wouldn't weaken environmental protections, yet that's just what you're doing. You lie and you lie and you lie again and we've had enough. This government is so unpopular that the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds sounds like an anarchist band that will produce a song that goes All the doves and parakeets know you're lying Tory cheats All the puffins in a cove, wanna shit on Michael Gove Now if you go to a meeting of a local branch of the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds the Secretary will start by saying "Uh, Welcome to the September meeting and... uh, Thank you very much for, for coming along. Uh, <clears throat> we're very pleased uh, to be joined today by Barbara Wolfingpole, uh, <laughs> who has uh, written a fascinating study on, on the revival of the chaffinch. Um, but uh, at first, I would like us all to spend a respectful minute, if we would, uh, uh, screaming, Fucking liars, you Tory twats, you're all fucking liars. This is where the country is now. I bet the autumn mission statement of the National Hydrangea Appreciation Society goes, our aims are to welcome the unprecedented spread of hydrangeas throughout West Norfolk. Uh, Though the government will probably say there aren't any hydrangeas and they're all tulips because they're fucking liars. Panelists on Gardner's Question Time will go, when it comes to fertilizer, nothing is as strong as the shit what spews out of Suella Braverman's mouth every time she speaks, the liar. Because this government is now at the point where they've enraged not just any society for the protection of birds, but the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. Lord knows what the unRoyal Society for the Protection of Birds must be saying. They're probably planning an armed uprising with squadrons of falcons. And this all means that the king, if he wants to keep his patronage of the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, I'll have to say at a banquet, they if may I, if I use an ornithological uh, reference, uh, Michael Kuhn, have less morals than the fucking cook. Rotary Club dinners will start with uh, a toast to the demise of this lying shit heap of a government. And everyone will have to stand up and say, to the demise of this lying shit heap of a government. Adverts for Fish Fingers will go, Mum, why have you given us a plate of vegetables for dinner? You said we were having new bird's eye fish fingers with new added breadcrumbs. Give the kids what they want. Don't be a liar like Sunak, Coffee and Gove. The Royal Shakespeare Company will issue a statement that falsehoods doth reign from Sunak, Coffee and Gove as if turned from a sewer onto beaches in yonder Sussex. And this is the achievement of this government. Because there's probably another RSPB that stands for the Revolutionary Socialist Party of Britain. And they've probably written to the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds and gone, "Uh, could you tone it down a bit? Only You're scaring off some of our members. This week, Tory MP Nadine Boris finally resigned. And we're very privileged that she's decided to share her resignation letter with us,
3: Dear Prime Minister, it has been a great honour and a privilege to serve in your government. Oh, by the way, Rishi, I'm talking about the real Prime Minister, the one who got Brexit done before he was stabbed in the back by you, you shithouse. I've seen you swanning around in your Prada shoes and your Savile Row suit. <laughs> well, we all know where you got them from, Mickey the fence round the back of the eagle. They're knocked off and they're fake, you loser. For these past 18 years, I have been dedicated to the people of Mid-Bedfordshire. So much so that I even looked up where it was on Google Maps once. And I gave them a shout out when I was on I'm a Celebrity. I have announced my resignation in the traditional way in my column in the Mail Online to my viewers on Talk TV, who were both gutted. And to them girls at the bus stop while we're trying to cop off with the lads from Aldi. I will always be proud of my achievements. Like that time I necked 12 bombs in five minutes without chucking up. My decision to quit involves great personal sacrifice, as I will no longer be able to employ my own daughters in my parliamentary office and give them 80 grand off the taxpayer. And they need that money because they're having an extension done with a jacuzzi and everything. And fat Tommy from Kirby only takes cash. It is therefore with regret... That I am resigning to spend less time with my family. If anyone wants me, I'll be down the grapes, where you couldn't even get served because you don't look eighteen. You short ass shithouse. And when it comes to the by-election, just like me on a Friday night, I hope yous get fucking hammered. You short ass shithousey little shithouse.
2: Now, nobody who has ever set out to find out what the fuck is going on has managed to do it on their own. You need expert assistance, and you need, specifically, you need funny female northern expert (laughs) assistance quite a lot of the time. And it's just good fortune that we happen to have Rachel Fairburn with us to assist with that. All right. (laughs) You're not in the north now, though. You've moved down.
4: Yeah, I live in Walthamstow now. I've lived here for about... maybe five years now but the thing is is you travel so. as you know you travel so much when you're doing stand up anyway that you you never feel like you live anywhere really do you
2: yeah it can be like that so do you so what's that like then in Manchester there is a little bit of like who get you
4: a little bit yeah it's weird because like my mum always goes oh your accent's softening and I'm like it really isn't (laughs) like every time I go back it's like hmm you're sounding a little bit different, <laughs> really. Like, I speak to my mum on the phone every single day about four or five times. So it's like she never mentions it when we speak on the phone, but she mentions it when I go up in person. But there is a little bit of that. Not too much, but it, there is definitely – I think anyone who moves away from anywhere, there's always that. You there's think,
2: a bit yeah. of that. Well, so, the further north you go, the more. So, you know, I'm sure someone from Newcastle would be – Oh, oh. Like, uh, I've lost my accent since I moved down here, like. <laughs> yeah. I sound like I'm from fucking Guildford now, you know what I mean, Like I go back what? No, they I fucking understand me.
4: I, absolutely. And also, I think people from Liverpool, if anyone from Liverpool ever left Liverpool, yeah. you know, I mean, I'd hate to, only the Beatles, I think, were allowed, <laughs> allowed to do that.
2: Yeah, even them.
4: Like, yeah. You don't fucking
2: come round here no more, does he, yes. that fucking McCartney? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they probably just about get away with it, and Steven yeah. Gerrard.
4: Yeah, I'd say so.
2: Uh, now, I always enjoy it when the start of this is uh, a little discussion about how we can't work <laughs> things out on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so you're you were saying you're quite um you find it a bit tricky.
4: I'm terrible with technology. You know mm. what it is? It, it's because I don't care. I'm not interested. I have to be interested in something to to you know sort of care and and want to to engage with it i just i always think with stuff like technology like it uh, i would have been happy i'd have happily gone throughout my life whenever having a smartphone like yeah. i got one i think i've only had one about six years maybe which is not long in in terms of, i was quite happy with like just a little normal phone you know and then it was like oh you need this you gotta do twitter you've got to do update mm-hmm. social media and then I didn't have a laptop for ages. I was quite happy without
2: that. Oh, it's all part of your work, though, isn't it? You're right. It's, you can't. You can't be a comic now and then. In a couple of years, it would be what you haven't got. Dreamagram. <laughs> you no, know, you plug it in, and then your dreams go on like Dreamagram. And then, and I've got eight. 80,000 followers on my Dreamagram yeah. and, you know, they see me sort of like dancing with Catherine the Great with, um, yeah, on top exactly. of a, the Empire played. State oh Building God. and that and it's, you know, and you get all followers. Did
4: you see Mark still, did you see, his in, did you see Dreamagram last night? <laughs> did you see what he's dreaming about? <laughs> yeah, everyone will be chatting about
2: that. Oh, God. I bought a new computer this week. This is, I should announce this right, to our listeners. This is the first ever What the Fuck Is Going On podcast recorded on a Mac Fucking, oh, I don't wow. know, Mac, Apple, Book, Air, Three, Candle, Twizzle, whatever name it is, 14.9, Guatemalan, fucking Badger, West. I don't know. And I, But everything about when people go, oh, it's simple when you get used to it. Right, so I go down to the Brighton Apple store, talk to a bloke in there who's called a genius. And I thought, oh, he's a bit full of himself. But no, he, that is what they call it. I am a genius, and then such a genius that he said, I can't actually talk to you. Like a Monty Python sketch, I can't actually talk to you until you've made an appointment with me. And oh, my God. I, I said, what do, I, what do you mean? He said, well, if I make an appointment on this iPad I've got here, then you can talk to – I cannot – so I said, well, when can I make the appointment? I, well, now I'm not doing anything. So I, <laughs> so, so I said, what? So he said, make an appointment. Name, appointment. what time do you want to make the appointment? Well, now. Okay that's 10:41. Uh, uh right okay now what do you want to know? So that's how that conversation started and then <laughs> and then I I so I just wanted to buy the bloody ring and go and then he said you've got to pay for it uh oh god I had to pay for it with my iPhone but then it was too much for the iPhone to handle. So I had to ring the bank and wait oh ages God. in front of him. And then the bank people said, no, there's a security thing. So then I had to buy it online in front of the bloke. And he had it in um. his hand and said, I can't give it to you because when you buy something online, we have to wait an hour before we give it to you. So what am I going to do now for that? And then I said, well, I'll tell you one thing. We could maybe transfer all my stuff from my old computer <laughs> to this one. Oh, no, you can't do that. Why? Because they've changed all the fucking cable things in the side. No. So now geniuses. This is what geniuses have done. Everyone will want to transfer their own stuff from their old computer to the new one. So we'll make it so that all the old cables don't fit in this one. Now you need a special fucking hexagonal die deck fucking hedron pyramid upside down squashed in fucking thing that smells a banana because that's the old new cable that we've got. So I had to go out around the corner to a little high street one in Brighton where this lovely woman called Irene from Bulgaria did it and didn't even charge me wouldn't let me pay i just said well i hope you'll put good review of me on uh, on review so uh, irene from bulgaria you were marvelous i uh, only wish i could remember the name of his shop so that would mean something <laughs> then i had to go back there and he said oh you could have done it here the transfer thing if you'd made an appointment with us and we'd it oh, would don't. have been a time machine right and we can put it to <laughs> our time machine and I said, if I'd known you'd had a time machine, I'd have bought that and gone back to the 15th century where they haven't got any fucking computers. <laughs> and then this woman called Sharon who was there said, who uh, was, I don't know where she was from, but she said, I think maybe it's a good idea for you not to buy this computer, Mr. Steele. I think it is stressing you out. <laughs> I think that's
4: absolutely fair enough. I wouldn't have got that far. I wouldn't have got that far. I'd have just left, I can't, I
5: can't.
4: And someone telling you something you're not interested in. Yeah. Like, oh, this cable does that. It's like, I don't care. Like, I just want it. And everything I've got technologically has been bought for me because I will just struggle through life. Mm. I'll be like, I haven't got a computer, I haven't got this, I'm not interested. So someone will buy me, like, I got an iPad as a birthday present last year, you know, and then someone bought me a laptop. So, but I just don't care. I don't want to know. It's like when someone starts saying, oh, well, this does this and that does that. I just, I switch off. I'm like, I can't.
2: Well, then you have to set it up though. They've bought you a big load Ugh. of problems, haven't they? It's like coming around with a, with a cement mixer and some bricks <laughs> and going, yeah, I've put you a house. No, you haven't bought me a house. I've got to spend the next nine years building that fucking thing.
4: <laughs> I hate it. I hate it.
2: <laughs> now, big issue of the week mm-hmm. uh, the Spanish football man—I can't even remember his name. I can't remember his
4: name either. But it's
2: you know, the, as a as a sports obsessive, I love the 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 World Cup. I thought it was fantastic, and I thought Spain were brilliant, deserved to win it. But what? Oh, don't reduce the fucking great football tournament to how has he managed that? How have they managed to make it? Oh, this is where you think. Oh, the radical feminists do have a point. How have men managed to make it all about them A Women's World Cup?
4: Well, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, a great achievement there, overshadowed by the bad behaviour of a man. I mean, I don't know what went through his head to do that. I just think it's a very... What a weird thing to do in 2023. It's such a, a weird thing to do. But then part of me was a bit like... Did he do it in panic? And then I was like, well, no, he didn't, because somebody did that to me in panic once. I went to a wedding. Right. Of, uh, it was, you know, you could get, get invited to a wedding with like, some, I was going out with this bloke. I got invited to this wedding, and I didn't know anyone there apart from him. And it was his friends getting married. And uh, the father of the bride, <laughs> um, for some weird reason, you get into these situations at the wedding, and, and he had to go along shaking hands with everybody. <laughs> oh, right.
2: Oh, a bit like the end of a end of a cricket match. You do that, yeah. It's very similar.
4: Before we went in to eat, (laughs) and then as we got to the end, like the the bride's father, oh no, the groom's father, Australian bloke, shook hands with him. But but he kissed me. I think he panicked because he'd been kissing some people on the cheek and then shaking hands with some others. But he kissed me right on the lips, (laughs) and I went sort of. I thought, do I kiss him back? I don't. Do I put a tongue in? I don't know what I'm meant to be doing here. I don't
2: but know. Maybe it's the Australia, it so... it's Australian thing at weddings. The seventh, the seventh person to be greeted by the groom's <laughs> Australian father must <laughs> must put their finger up the man's
4: arse.
2: That's <laughs> fucking been going on for hundreds of years, mate.
4: But when he did it, <laughs> it sort of really took me aback. But it felt like it went on for ages, and then I did. And I sat down, and I went, "Did you?" And everyone went, Yeah, did he kiss you on the lips? I was like, Yeah, was that weird? And they were like, Yeah, just a bit. But I think he panicked because he'd been kissing shaking hands. Did it? And then he was like
2: <laughs> Do you did he but the Spanish man grabbed his crotch as well though?
4: Did, did
2: he? he? Yeah, I think so, yeah. He grabbed his Yeah.
4: What is I, I just don't understand what's going on in what was going on in his head. Well there like, you are, do that-
2: he's more he's worse than an Australian he's groom's father, an Australian, father at a wedding. Yeah. Just, and, I mean, and, that, and, that, and he was pretty bad compared to normal weddings.
4: I mean, what he should have done is just sh- shake hands. That's that's mm. the, just shake hands. And then his mum going on hunger strike. That's not helping, <laughs> is it? It's all very dramatic.
2: Now, here's the subject that you are, uh, you are the expert on, that you oh. really are the expert on. And of any subject to be an expert on, can there be any finer one than this? Serial killers.
4: Oh yes, it's so an interest. What is your podcast called? All killer, no filler.
2: Brilliant and uh, spelt like in a hip hop way, isn't it?
4: Yeah, in that way. I mean, mm. the thing is, it's me and Kiri Pritchard McLean that do. it. we been doing it for ten years. Come up to our tenth anniversary, and uh, we we sort of came up with a name and we're like, oh yeah, that'll do. And because we, we didn't expect anyone to listen to it, and now I think we we wish we'd have picked a different name, maybe. But it's uh, it is what it is now. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know. what. No, you're stuck with it now, aren't you? All killer, now. killer
4: I want. I said killer queens. But
2: well, they would have to all be women, though, wouldn't they?
4: Well, we, we could be the queens, you see, the killer queens. Oh, I,
2: I've got you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You see, yeah, yeah, killer queens. Yeah, but,
4: yeah. but then, but then it's, you know, we didn't <clears> pick that too late and someone else has got that now. Have <clears throat> they? Well, there's yeah. another
2: serial killer podcast. Yeah,
4: yeah. Oh, God, there's – do you know one of the fir- the first podcasts I've ever listened there? to? Uh, thousands. The, the first podcast i podcasts. ever listened to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thousands, thousands. We were one of the first thousands of these things. The first podcast I ever listened to was a serial killer one.
2: Right. Are you desperately hunting around for things? Oh, fucking hell, everybody's <laughs> done bloody Nielsen. Oh, everybody's done Dharma.
4: <laughs> well, we oh, I found one. Classics. I found one in
2: Guatemala. How many did he kill? Five.
4: <laughs> we all do the, class, the classic ones. But people, because they like to, to hear the sto- just the stories again, Sometimes they go, oh, will you revisit this one? And they are like, mm. well, no, we've done it. They'd like to hear the story again. I noticed, I haven't listened
2: to this one, but I noticed you've got the craze in there.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. We well, That's- we sometimes we do serial killers, but then sometimes we do a sort of, if it's Christmas or, you know, a special occasion, if <laughs> right. it's a, we'll do a, you know, we'll do Jimmy Savile or we'll do it's anything true crime.
2: The Jimmy Savile one's long, isn't it? You've got four or five episodes to Jimmy Savile.
4: Yeah, it was was getting on my nerves by the end of it, yeah.
2: I find that with Jimmy (laughs) Savile.
4: You could take him
2: for so long, (laughs) and then he starts to grate. So, do you find when you're discussing because they're hugely popular these podcasts, aren't they? I mean, you've got like yeah. you get a huge audience for it, and when you're sort of doing, um, say, Charles Manson, right? So, you did quite a few episodes about Charles Manson. So, do you find anything that you? What do you find that you that that you think people don't already know? Because most people know a little bit about Charles Manson, but uh,
4: well, that's the thing is. Uh, again, one of our spin-off ones, because he's not a serial killer. Didn't actually kill anyone. Uh, don't want to stick up for him, but well, just like. Well he sort of there. got
2: other people to do it for him, didn't he? A bit yeah, like a yeah. bit like Damien Hurst with his art.
4: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's weird because I, I you, occasionally you find out something where you go, Oh, I didn't know it. But, but also I only have we only have access to what everyone else has access to. You know, yeah. we're not going into any secret archives and, and finding things out, you know. But um you know, sometimes you do find things out and you go, oh, that's interesting or whatever. But I think it, people don't really want to find out anything new particular. They just want to hear the story again. Mm. That, that's all people want. I, th- I think there is a bit of detachment because I think people do see a lot of these things as, you know, I mean, these things did happen, but I do think sometimes people think, oh, it's a story. It's a scary story. But Which is why we make a point of trying to get as much information on the victims as possible.
2: Yes. If you want to do one about uh, when I was done for nicking records from international stores when I was fifteen <laughs> and given a conditional discharge at Dartford Magistrates Court, I can help you out with that.
4: Well, surely you're in talks with Netflix for a twelve-part <laughs> series on that. Come on. Boom, boom,
2: boom, <laughs> boom. It began as an ordinary day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> footage of people coming out of international. <laughs> oh, I forgot me. I forgot me. Lamb chops. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Let me be a listen, seedy picture of someone they playing it. me.
4: <laughs> they take it, I'm telling you. Any true crime, anything now, they'll make it.
2: Uh, so, where do we hear the podcast? On all the normal podcasting oh, places, no doubt.
4: Anywhere, just put our killer no filler in, and you'll you'll find it.
2: Yeah, killer with an A, you know, like
4: killer filler, like yeah, ghost, like that.
2: Grace Killer from the Ruten Clan, <laughs> like that. Yeah,
4: there right, you as go. If my
2: fucking audience knows who that. Is right. <laughs> oh, yes. oh yeah. yeah yeah
4: yeah and and yes and I'm on so tour. Um, see if you can on tour from see if you can
2: advertise your tour with the incompetence with which i advertise oh, mine on here
4: i hate doing that it's horrible in it all right uh, so from the 9th of, 9th of <laughs> september i go on tour around the uk with my new show showgirl and i'm, I'm all over the show put place there we go that'll do yeah I'm fantastic that. that
2: is an advert thank you so much rachel <laughs>
4: Thank
2: you. What the fuck is going on? If you would like to hear more of that interview with Rachel Fairburn, then you can join us on Patreon where there is an extended version available. And it is thanks to our wonderful virtuous radiant Patreon supporters that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. Just follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www dot patreon.com and type in what the f is going on and for as little as two pounds a month you will get early access early access to the ad free versions of the regular episodes or if you really want to know what's going on for just four pounds a month you'll get a longer ad free version of the episode ad free in this modern world with extended versions of the guest interviews and with extra elliot and you'll get bonus sketches this week there's britain's most patriotic man Nigel Boulevard talking about the grand old British game of Conkers, especially for you. All of our Patreon supporters get the episodes on Friday night, unlike everybody else who has to wait until Saturday mornings, fretting, doing in all the Valium, Xanax, whatever it is to get through Saturdays, wondering what the fuck is going on. So go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on to join the WTF
5: community.
3: Got your happy price. price Priceline.
0: Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. What the fuck is going on? This week, a
2: nation rejoiced as Prince Andrew was welcomed back into the fold by the royal family. And who better to give us the inside story of Andrew's rehabilitation than someone who has witnessed the noble family at close quarters for many decades, Lieutenant Colonel Sir Ambrose Chiselhurst Polyamorous. Well, I was paying regard in recent days to this matter of Andrew being somewhat welcomed back into the monarchical fold following his uh, uh, alleged misdemeanours and and whatnot, and one can't help but find that, uh, even though he may or may not have at times befriended some rather unsavory characters, that... He was rather penitent, and he paid twelve million pounds, and that really should put the matter to bed. One can understand if it's only eleven million, but twelve million really does uh, complete an issue in my book. And one of the rather sad elements to all of this business is that it's led the nation to overlook the many, many talents of Andrew that people may not be aware of. For example, you know, he was an absolutely wonderful builder. He's, he's held in the highest regard by the construction industry. Really quite. <laughs> and there was one occasion in particular when he went down with a, a good friend of his uh, to spend the weekend laying a patio. And it was just considered one of the finest, finest, tremendously level, wonderful use of the the spirit level, and uh, and it was uh, it it was to to work alongside his good friend Fred West, who was <laughs> who was ra- rather in need of a bad year rather urgently, I believe, at the time. And and you know, I, I mean, all the construction engineers that I'm familiar with, all all consider it to be a, 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 the finest quality. And I just feel it's rather a shame that all this is uh, overlooked because of his friendship with unsavory characters. But what a really quite talented chap he is. What the fuck is going on? What the fuck, what the fuck is going on? It has come to the time of week where we arrive at the announcements, the greatest tradition in the whole of British history. There's Morris dancing and there's yeomans and there's the changing of the guard and uh, uh, things like that and uh, uh, FA Cup finals. But the announcements is what makes us british that we sit still while pointless announcements whether it's political meetings don't forget that there is a, a rally in Liechtenstein this week if you're in the area uh, and it's very important because there is a library that's being closed there and uh, and so if you can get down there or whether it's at football grounds when announcements are made or, or things like, or don't forget that it's slippy, you know that stuff when they do that on the railways. Today, as it's been pouring for 17 consecutive hours, there will be dampness outside. Please beware of the dampness, which is probably so they don't get sued in case because they're, they're scared that someone will go outside and go, "I've got wet." I would have stayed on the train and gone all the way to Kilmarnock rather than got wet if they'd warned me. Um, you know. So uh, there aren't really many announcements. I'm doing some shows. You can look up where they are. And uh, uh, there we are. That's all the announcements. That, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? On like Virgin, if every time it came out of a, a station, it went, uh, you've just left Peterborough. Um I don't know where's next, but you've probably worked that out before you bought the ticket. Otherwise, you're a fucking idiot. Now, uh, people have been getting in touch with us on our Patreon account as well as on Twitter wanting to know what the fuck is going on with certain things. So, Sue Barnard, a welcome friend of the podcast, on Twitter says, I've just been listening to episode 95. Further to effing and jeffing and the discussion about what the fuck jeffing might be. Now, Before I go on to a question, if people haven't heard it, this was, uh, I think it was um, Tom Walker, who plays Jonathan Pye, mentioned effing and jeffing. And we got into a discussion about why. What is effing and jeffing? It's a really substandard piece of prose because it's not like pay and display. That's a little rhyme that makes sense, doesn't it? Because you've got to do both of those things pay for your parking ticket. It will take you forty-five minutes because you've got to download a series of apps. But that don't put that in the pay and display thing because that will upset the the the, the meter. Uh, oh, there's a joke. And then uh, display because you display your ticket. But effing and jeffing, it's just I th- we neither neither of us could work out what it was. Effing, it can't be that there was a point where people maybe they did a hundred years ago. Maybe people said, well, I I was. Um, I, uh, my grandson came round today and uh, for a strawberry tart and he said, fuck you, Granny, I fucking ate fucking strawberry tart. It fucking makes me fucking sick. And that was lovely. But then he referred to the next door neighbour as Jeff. Well, I wasn't having that. Was Jeffing ever a thing that was, like, bad? Just called people are called called Jeff. Jeff Hurst, when Kenneth Wollstone so and Jeff Hurst, so you didn't have uh, Kenneth Wollstone owned much after 1966. I wonder if that's what, it, Jeff Hurst has won it for England. He's, the chap said, Jeff, <laughs> get him cancelled from the BBC at once. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I've tried to look it up and it just doesn't make any sense. The only thing that Jeff has to do with F is that it rhymes with F. It's very, very substandard and uh, uh, and is a, a, you know, one of the more disappointing aspects of the British language. Um, but Sue also goes on to ask another question, which is not in the slightest bit related, but bless you for asking. Can you also try to find out the answer of another lot of life's great mysteries, whatever happened in Gomorrah? Well, now I think I do know this, Sue. What happened in Gomorrah was the same as what happened in Sodom, but sort of slightly less. It was sort of, Nagasaki to Sodom's Hiroshima if you would it's just it but in some ways historically it's almost forgotten you know hence your question in Sodom for people who don't know in the book of Genesis there is widespread uh, abandon particularly sexual abandon and there are all sorts of uh, very unpleasant horrible blokes really who come to the door of uh, Lot who's Abraham's um, brother and they i i think they want to be really quite grotesque with his daughters and this is uh, abraham talks to god and god says right i'm going to destroy the whole place and abraham says hang on a minute god that seems a bit much what if there are i can't remember what figure it is 50 righteous men i think he says you know then you'll be killing all them along with all the terrible people and god says will you find them then and he says all right then 40 30 goes down and down and in the end Abraham says, oh all right god says like get out of the way right take your family and then uh but whatever you do you can't look at the destruction that i'm uh, visiting upon this awful place of sodom and so uh lot's wife can't resist it you know like you can't like when there's like when you sort of people say look at the to look at the sun do it through a little card otherwise and you can't resist it and she couldn't resist it she turned around and looked and so quite reasonably god turned lot's wife into a pillar of salt and that seems a fair punishment for the crime of looking at what he was doing and uh, that's why we uh, uh, asked to worship him Gamora, the same thing happened but a little bit less not quite the same drama it was a little bit the sort of spin-off series maybe that didn't really take off. One or two characters maybe showed promise. It didn't really, uh, it didn't really happen for him. And so, not only did all of this destruction get at, uh, take place in Gomorrah, but nothing was named after it. At least Sodomy, you know, comes from Sodom, doesn't it? But Gomorrah got—they should have something. Gamorri should be something, you know, st- sticking an earwig up your ass. There should be something. Steve Dufour, a magnificent name. Uh, Steve Dufour, Steve of the Fire on Patreon, asks, "What the fuck is going on with the Palace of Westminster? Apparently, it's got an infestation of rats, and this this is the case. <laughs> so there are all these rats, uh, as well as other things. Yeah, you know, as we know, the Palace of Westminster is very, very old and decrepit, and costs billions of pounds to to maintain and so on. And it', it the latest thing. There's so many rats, and they've even tried to introduce cats, but there's so much." poison now for the rats that destroy so but it does seem like the it does seem like it's set an immense load of effort has gone gone into setting up the weakest joke the weakest political joke you could the sort of joke that i imagine they would do on the tourist boat as it goes past westminster that they will be going it is said that in 2023 the palace of westminster had a great many rats inside and that was just the politicians on your right you can see south bank photo quitter one on twitter asks airport technology what the fuck is going on there yes what the fuck is going on there i give. i'm not a really big fan of flying at the best of times but i've given not it's nothing to do with bloody climate change uh, uh, or any morality I just all you hear of people who go on holiday All oh, we're going to the we're going to go away to somewhere and now all people all you hear is people who haven't been able to get there or haven't been able to get back and there's probably conversations all over Britain where are you not going on holiday to this year well, we were hoping to not go on holiday to to Turkey. We've booked it up. Uh, yeah, we, we we're going to go down to Gatwick and we're going to stand there for twenty eight hours and then be sent. Up. We couldn't afford to not go to Turkey. Oh, no, no. Well, we've had a bit of a bad year, so we're just gonna we're just gonna not go to uh, we're just gonna not go to Belgium. Well, you could not go to Belgium on the train. No, but the trains are running. You see, so we would get to Belgium. So we're gonna we're gonna go down to City Airport and just not go. Not go there, and and then these people who ring up on radio, they're on the news, aren't they? Oh, I'm in. Uh, we've been in Athens now for eleven months, and then we we turn up every day. I, don't, I do feel from obviously it's terrible, but I just just you know. If only there was a program on the radio that could alert you to fascinating towns in the British Isles. Now I'm not sure how to pronounce this nickname. Next, next name, Rach rach if it's german or rah, rash if it's french rash r-a-c-h favor smith on twitter sent me an article and it says we had to abandon our 27 this was somebody this was somebody honestly claiming this was in quotation marks somebody saying this we had to abandon our twenty-seven thousand pounds private jet flight to can for our daughter's eighth birthday because of air traffic control chaos and rat quite reasonably says her father is head of marketing for pringles across the whole of the Reigate area <laughs> i think that's probably true
0: oh what the
5: fuck oh, what the fuck is going on
2: if you need to find out what the fuck is going on and we all do need that you have to have expert advice in particular you need the expert advice of a 27 year old that's been away for a month in edinburgh and luckily i found one Elliot Steele, hello. How are you feeling now? You're back. Are you are you out of that world and back into the normal world? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I feel very what was, tired. Right. What was your routine? I did. I'll just mention one little uh, one little phrase you said to me when I said, "Oh, I think it's a lot. It's the drinking and the stuff that makes people tired up there." And you went, "I only had six nights where I was out till six in the morning."
5: <laughs> yeah, that's not that bad. <laughs> that's not that bad at all no I'm not you know I'm not being judgmental but six in the morning isn't the same as six in the morning here no There's six in the morning up there is equivalent of two in the morning right <laughs> Re- remember my show finished at 11 yeah so if yeah. you go for a pint by the time you go for a pint it's at like half 11 and it's easy for it to become one or two o'clock I went out on the on the last night I went to DJ Battles go Girl's DJ Battles and just uh, sat backstage with everyone and just got hammered, which was great fun right. um I was, there wasn't too many of those sort of my routine up now i just I just slept for most of the day
2: right just slept right, so like an animal in a zoo that you yeah, just sort of uh, like that just comes out every now and again, <laughs> and most of the time we're going to go and see Elliot. <laughs> Where is he? I he's asleep, <laughs> darling. He's <in>
5: his- <laughs> he comes out once a day. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty much it, really. I didn't do anything that was. <sighs> that, yeah, but, I mean, I did the I, like I was doing this sh- by the last week. I was I was tired, tired. Like, I forgot how difficult that last week was.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a doctor about it, but I think it's always more difficult to to not be tired when you're going out till six in the morning.
5: But I'm not going out till six <laughs> in the morning every night. I actually I went to the I went to the show. You think the funny party? Oh yeah. Uh, and you get two free drink vouchers. And I think I I, I think I used one and had half the beer. And just, I just I was leaving and loads of people I knew were arriving and someone I hadn't seen in a while stopped me and I just looked at him and I went, mate. I love you, but I cannot be fucked to talk to you.
1: Uh, <laughs>
5: like, and he went, I so get that. And I just walked off. Do you know what? There's just this thing here. There is an art to leaving, isn't there? Irish goodbye. And that's what I've learned over the last few months. Just leave. Don't tell people you're leaving. Just leave. They'll figure it out. I know because there are people. Jeremy used to be
2: the worst I've ever known at that. He would mm. go, uh, uh, "Right, come on in, uh, let's leave if we were someplace together." And it would be then be about three hours before he actually left the building because mm-hmm. he would just stop and talk to everyone. It was just the cleaner left and the blokes going, "Please leave." Anyway, what do you think of the situation in Ireland? <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so there is an art to it. But yeah, on top the, of the great that... The
5: thing with Jeremy is that when he said that he saw the light, we knew we had another 20 minutes with him, didn't we?
2: Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, in fact, I don't know. Have I ever told this story? I mean, I was sort of with him. I wasn't with him at, at his quiet last moment, but I was uh, uh, there in the hospice in Penge, uh, not long after, and he was laying there. And a, a woman who worked there, um, came in and Jeremy had died about three hours earlier, and there was a glass of water next to him, and the woman who worked there came in and went, "Oh, he's not touched his water," and I was with Jeremy's wife and daughter, and we sort of just looked looked at her quizzically, oh, like as if to go, bloody what pain in the ass not touching his water and. and, and we just sort of looked at her and she said, do you think you'll want it? <laughs> I said, the odds aren't good, but you never know.
4: <laughs>
2: and then we all had a giggle. And she never, I don't know if to this day she knows what, what happened. The, um, but now your show had a physical impact on at least three people.
5: Uh, four people, four people. Yeah. So what happened to him? Uh, it's a couple of people fainted. For four people, one person freaked out and had to leave. That was the fourth. Um, what was this? For? That was that was during a late show, and I have to say, because I think the woman will be listening to this podcast. whose son it was, and I stopped the show, and I was very kind, and she went out and she dealt with it. And I've been talking to her through the show, and it was it was very funny. And she, I cannot say how sweet this lady was. Oh right, this was the sweetest lady in the world. She was just nothing but lovely, an ideal audience member. And she came back in to grab their stuff and I was like, is your son okay? She was like, yes, he's fine. I love the show. I'm sorry I've got to leave early. And she walked out and I thought it'd be funny to go, what a cunt, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it got the biggest laugh I got all fringe. I think she might have heard it. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> right, can so, we issue a, issue a statement so to I her want now? I say, I'm really sorry. I was just trying to be funny, and I was being funny. And I also think, because you were cool, you'll understand that. Okay. that I was She was a great audience member. But I just, I felt so guilty, but not yeah. guilty enough to not do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's the worst
2: sort of guilty. <laughs> <'cause>,
5: because <laughs> it was very funny because of how lovely you were. Like, it was, the, it was just... So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> comedy-wise,
2: if Is she'd it? been even a tiny bit sort of narky, it wouldn't have worked.
5: No, exactly. But mm. if she... Because she was just so sweet. Um, and what's the bit,
2: then, in the show? What was it that's causing all this, Mayhem?
5: Uh, I don't, I don't want to give away, because I'll probably do it in London at some point and stuff, and it's a big reveal, but... uh it's it's a bit talking about the surgery I went through, and it's right. a bit before it where I talk about something in quite graphic detail. Okay, right, right, and and it's a funny line. Yeah, uh, Pete was there for the for the big yeah, one. Yes, so Pete, the
2: producer. So uh,
5: was in. So what, you were there
2: when one of the. One of the fainting episodes happened.
1: I was. I, I was, oh, God, I should, you should have charged double. I was, you know, I didn't think I'd get to see a fainter. I'd, I'd heard tell of these fainting episodes, and I, you know, I went along to see Elliot, which was a very good show, I have to say, Elliot genuinely thought it was a really Thank great you. show. Well-constructed, funny. And uh, yeah and, and a bit gory in places um, but um, but I'd heard about people fainting and I thought oh yeah fainting it's just they just sort of like oh, you know, just a momentary sweat came over them but but no after the thing and this was as you said you made this whole big thing going now this next bit we have had people fainting if you feel it anyway if you're squeamish if you're please go out I won't take the piss out of you just or you know whatever you like all that warning and then you're in the middle of doing it and just like and suddenly someone says oh sorry, there's someone fainted. And I looked, it was the same row as me at the end. And this guy was completely spark out. He was like absolutely yeah. gone. Yeah. And and then it was really sweet because when he came round, he was he was lovely again. He was lovely, wasn't he? He said, you Such know. Heart, yeah. He said, Oh, I love the show, I just fainted. Which were saying you the poster. <laughs> it's just I well, yeah, yeah, love the
2: show, I just fainted four stars. But yeah, so it I've i'm not sure i've ever heard of a show where someone's fainted but where three people have fainted on different nights that yeah. is amazing and when you yeah. think of the sort of dark places comics go you know
5: sanovitz people like that i don't remember anyone fainting <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's pretty yeah that was quite uh i was quite happy with that but it's it I couldn't have given You're more gonna have a You're going to have to have a paramedic in next year. They'll be like, that'll be... Oh, be the, a- the, the underbelly staff, uh, who I cannot give testament to how brilliant the underbelly are, the medics there were pretty fucks off with me. <laughs> I just think they were.
2: <laughs> they were pretty like... Oh, God. Uh, it's Friday night, and I expect we'll be getting quite a few drunks
5: around the den. Uh, not, that's not so bad. That's Elliot Shaw. <laughs> There's a, but do you know what? It actually taught me a really good skill in how to deal with things on stage when things are going wrong. Like to really, really remain calm. Like, because the audience is looking at you as someone's fainted and they're freaking out. So you just have to learn to go, okay, cool, don't worry. We'll get them some water, we'll get them some air. It's going to be fine. Whereas if you start going, Holy fuck, man! Like the audience is gonna freak out. The audience yeah,
2: will freak out. That. that would be Steve. very bad. I'm not, it's not a skill that I've ever had to go. But I would guess that the thing not to do is
5: go. Oh my god, I'm fighting! Ah! Yeah. yeah. So you you kind of just have to learn um, be quite quite sort of calm with it all. Well, it, was, it was a good run. It was a lot of fun. Um, all right. I'll get back up there next year.
2: Yeah, you get back get back up there next year, and you can see if you can have five heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> seven strokes uh, well good to have you back then that down here uh, it's good to be back yeah alright bye bye Edinburgh bye bye Elliot for now what the fuck is going on? thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you've liked it rate it and if you could be bothered write a review if you can't be bothered absolutely write a review write it in a hieroglyphics and put it in a pyramid if there's anything at all you think that I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod. At WTF is going on pod. And we will look at every message that you send. If you would like to become a WTF supporter for as little as £2 a month and get early access to ad free and extended versions of the podcast, please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on? It was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Rachel Fairburn and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. The music was by Willie Dowling. It was produced by Mike Benwell at Carousel Studios. What the fuck is going on? Was brought to you by WTF Productions.
0: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com